What is up, Birdland? Welcome to the very first episode of Talking Birdie, an Orioles podcast with me, your host, Ryan, and my co-host, Brad, is here as well. Say hello, Brad. Hey, what's going on, man? Good to hear from you. You as well, buddy. How you been? I've been all right, man. Just excited to uh, get things rocking and rolling here, man. Make the podcast debut. Uh, you and I have been listening to a lot of the same ones for a long time, and uh, we think we got some game here too. So, <laughs> yeah, we're certainly going to give our it way a shot. Some technical difficulties tonight, but uh, we're going to rock and roll. We're going to make things work. So here we go. Yes, sir. Um, so I guess we can start since this is our first episode um, um, by like introducing ourselves. Um, so my name is Ryan. Um, I'm 26. I was born in Glen Burnie and uh, recently moved to Frederick. I've uh, been a nose fan all my life. Um, since my dad took me to my first game, I don't know when I was probably f- five or six. Um, yeah, and I've always kind of wanted to to do something with sports, um, be it doing something like this or or with writing. Uh, I actually tried writing before and um, it didn't really work out. Uh, that blog was kind of a dumpster fire, but I did write a few articles, and um, I just I feel like this is a great outlet for you and myself, uh, where we can I don't know how to say it like just have an outlet to express how we feel about what's going on with the team, and you know also just have some fun and maybe maybe take it somewhere someday. Um, what about you, man? Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. And, you know, I mean, obviously I'm kind of biased because we're buddies and all, but, I mean, I read some of your articles back when you were doing it. Um, I thought you did a fine job with it. You clearly seem to know what you're talking about with everything. And um, I did some blogging myself probably eight or nine years or so ago, and I get positive feedback when people read it, but, you know, with that kind of thing, it helps a lot if you have, like, a, you know, maps in backing you up or some kind of outlet like that or you're on yahoo whatever it's really hard to get yourself readers um you kind of have to have connections with that thing but you know i think you and i can uh match up with the best of them here so i'm really excited to do this i think we can too um you know we could definitely get our our good friends in the mojo ryzen orioles affiliate group on facebook i think we can get some people from there listening and um Absolutely. Shout out to our minor league group, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> some of them, though. Some of them. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> I mean, the group as a whole, not necessarily everybody that's in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I was like, so this idea to do this podcast was kind of born out of, um, you know, I listen to so many uh, from, you know, comedy podcasts to sports podcasts. And uh, I really wanted to find an. A, like a more free form baseball podcast because and this is no disrespect to any anybody else that does them a lot of these guys do a great job but for the most part it's just not my cup of tea because it feels it feels kind of scripted and it's just a lot of this info that they give out which is it's good info but you know I could get it from scrolling Twitter or checking out like you know a stat site or something it's not it's not two people having a conversation, which is what I was really looking for in in a podcast. Like, you know, we both listen to the uh, the Baltimore Beatdown uh, Ravens podcast with uh, with Jake Luke and 
Spencer Schultz, shout out to those boys. And um, I really want this to be kind of an Orioles version of what they do, where it's just two dudes just talking about baseball. And I think we can accomplish that here. Hell yeah, man. Just you and me here shooting the shit, and we'll have some good people on here. It'll be a good old time. Yeah, I hope so, man. I'd love to get some guests uh, as we get along, and you know, I really think that would help to grow our to grow like some listener account as well. Um, oh God, my cat has decided to join the party. What's up, buddy? Oh, meow. <laughs> yep. It's a good thing we're not doing video because you'd be getting. A There's great, our first a, guest appearance already. I know. It's a good thing we're not doing video because you'd be getting a nice shot of his asshole right now. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm still getting it. Yeah. I'm still getting it. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Hi, bud. He simply cannot be, not the center of attention. That's the way it goes, my man. I know. Okay. Yeah, bud. I'm doing something right now. But, you know, you don't give a shit. <sighs> Anyways, man, let's dive into this shit. Yeah. I'm, let's, I'm excited. Let's let's get it going. Let's get into it. So what I'm thinking that we'll do uh, for the listeners, um, this is going to be kind of a weekly podcast. We hope to, you know, get on a, a very set schedule and, uh, you know, release at the same time every week. I think will be the most ideal. But, um, you know, what I'd like to do in that time is just go over like just recap the week um kind of cover the the scores of what happened with the games uh minor and major league and uh any you know talk about any developing storylines like uh you know it would have been great to have this going when john means through the first orioles no hitter and what oh my god i thought i was gonna go my whole life without seeing one of those by an orioles pitcher dude (sighs) me too me too. Yep. And I definitely didn't think it would be John Means as much as I like the guy. But, uh, man, was he electric that Yeah, day. I mean, he's a good pitcher and all. But, like, this year, definitely been something else, man. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes over when he comes back from rehab. I mean, I know some of these pitchers are going to be are seem to, seeming to be getting affected by the, uh, the new rule they have in place about, you know, the sticky substances and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. That's how it sounds, but Garrett Cole's not a big fan of it, so uh, <laughs> we'll see. I know, uh, I know, John Means has kind of been accused of, of that a little bit myself, and his his self. I mean, but the funny part about that is, man, none of the hitters are ever seem to be the ones complaining about it. Because I've even heard quotes from quite a few major leaguers in the past saying, "Yeah, we don't care because we'd rather them be able to control the shit. We don't want to get drilled by a ninety-five mile an hour fastball. So if that's going to get help them get the ball in the zone, we're all for it." So. I mean, I kind of see both sides of it, but, you know, uh, in my opinion, like, it's one of those things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, this whole thing, and fuck you, Trevor Bauer, by the way, for, you know, getting all this started, because it's like you just said, man, Um, I mean, they've had player unions meetings where the hitters have said exactly what you said, that they don't, I mean, as long as guys aren't using... You know, I don't know what spider attack does. I've heard it's, uh, you know, it can really, really affect spin rates and all that. But, you know, these guys have been using sweat and rosin and sunscreen and rosin to just tack up the ball ever so slightly uh, for years. Maybe eat them. Maybe just eat themselves a little jalapeno, get that nose running a little bit, you know, a little, a little wipey on the nose. <laughs> well, I mean... 
whatever it takes. Are, are boogers a foreign substance? Yes, <laughs> that's it. You get checked for that coming off the mat. Are you going to get suspended because you've yeah. got a snot rocket on your fucking glove? I mean, where is it no, at? I mean, Max Scherzer got checked, what, like three times in one start last week or, or two weeks ago or something like that, and he was clean every time. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, you know, that's another thing that this whole thing has started is now they're not punishing managers for just arbitrarily being like, hey, go check that guy. Like, Joe Girardi kept – he just kept getting them to – Exactly. They just get free check reign him. to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at least make it like a challenge type rule, like – you know, like the NFL has you fail two challenges, you're out of challenge. But Yeah, there's got to be something like that. And then this is what happens when... And this is coming from the league that wants to speed games up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, what better way to speed games up than having players feel like they have to take their <laughs> pants off between innings? Oh, my God. It's crazy. I mean... Hey, why don't you go ahead and uh, unbuckle for me there, bud? Yep. Just whip that... Look, maybe... You don't have to pull it all the way down. Maybe halfway. Halfway is good enough. Yeah, just whip all that. All right, that's good. Whip that thing out, you know. <laughs> Some foreign substances exactly. down there that you might be able to use to tack up that ball. If you know what I'm saying. Hey, what's what's that sticky stuff right there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But anyways, we really went on a tangent there. Um, yeah. So. I think for this first episode, you know, since we didn't get this started until it's it's now July, um, I figured we could kind of go back, go over the the season as it's been thus far, like a little recap of what's happened, and we can talk about, you know, some of the high points and some of the low points, and there's a hell of a lot more low points than there are high, but... Yeah, but I think we knew that coming in. I mean, we, we might have... Kind of been hoping we would be winning a few more games by now. Uh, we knew we weren't going to be a contender. Like, for me, the important things coming into this season, uh, I wanted to see the guys that matter at the big league level do well. Like, Ryan Mountcastle. I mean, it turns out Cedric Mullins. I mean, uh, he was kind of a guy coming into it. They was like, all right, let's see what he's got. But he's really fucking turned it on, man. Like, I don't think anybody anticipated this. I mean, I haven't checked the update, but as of like a couple days ago, he's leading the league in base hits. I mean, this is he's got like like something like a 930 OPS. You're talking about a top five hitter in the AL overall right now, which is absolutely insane. He is this top guy drops. He's top three in most hitting stats, to be clear, and first in quite a few. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put him as you know as good of a hitter as like a Vlad Jr. or a Shohei Otani or anything like that. And obviously Mike Trout's out right now, but like aside from that, yeah, but I mean, you know, right out there, with, Mike Trout got voted the All Star game, and Cedric Mullins didn't. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Guy that's on. Uh, he might end up. He might end up starting anyway. I don't know how long Trout's supposed to be out for. Um, so there's speculation Cedric could get that starting nod anyway, which would be well deserved for him, man. I mean, this guy got demoted down two levels back in 2019. Yes, he did, and like. Even I, like, I'm, I'm big into the following the farm system, everything. Even I, when he was in double A, I was like, uh, I guess it's kind of interesting, but I really don't know. Like, maybe this guy's ceiling could be a fourth outfielder. But no, like, this guy, you know, kind of got it going a little bit in double A. And then last year ends up having a decent season. Then he drops switch hitting. That was the key right there. 
Oh, mean, absolutely, it was. was. More, I think there was a little more to it than that. But Cedric Mullins, absolute garbage as a right-handed hitter, man. Like that was a <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a career move. Going left-handed only. I'd like to see more guys do that because it drives me crazy. There's so many guys that I feel like they're so much better hitters from one side of the plate than the other, but they just want to stick with switch hitting. And Cedric actually made that move. And you know what? More fucking power to him, man. And hopefully other guys follow suit. Since you brought that up, um, what do you think, or let me let me ask it like this. If the Mike Elias regime was not here and we were still under the scouting and coaching that we had with Dan Duquette and his merry band of morons, do you think that Cedric <laughs> would have stopped switch hitting? Because personally... Uh, I feel like the equivalent of, you know, telling a guy that throws a good cutter to not throw that cutter. Oh my God! Would be, you know, kind of the same. You're gonna give me an aneurysm with that, dude. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, <laughs> Cedric Mullins would probably I, be a full-time totally right-handed agree. hitter right now. I totally agree. I mean, that's very possible. I can't. I mean, neither of us can say we're not up in the front office. Uh, we don't know what they're telling the guys. We can obviously see they're making a huge change in terms of the, in terms of like new age analytics. It's certainly helping out our pitching more so down on the farm. But you know, you could make your argument that it, it could be what's helping out John Means as well at the major league level. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's possible that they could be you know implementing stuff like that could be helping out guys like Cedric Mullins as well. I mean, who's really to say otherwise? Yeah, um, I think it's 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 hard to deny that there had to be something involved with it because, I mean, here's a guy that was batting 096 at the major league level, couldn't get it done, like you were saying, got demoted two levels, and all of a sudden he's getting coached up by these guys down there, and now he's 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 a top five outfielder in the American League, maybe the entire league. So now the question is, is this a flash in the pan or can he actually sustain this? I don't know. I mean, I'd say it's probably somewhere between the two. Do I think Cedric Mullins can be a top five player in the AL for the rest of his career? I mean, I hope so, but I feel like I'm, uh, you know, I've got high hopes if I'm saying I got might have too high hopes if I'm saying that. But I do think he's a hell of a lot better player. I mean, yeah, I mean, you you can obviously see that made all the difference in the world for him just making that one adjustment. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, early returns on it are better than anyone could have expected. I don't even know if Mr. and Mrs. Mullins would have expected him to be doing that well. So They definitely didn't. Can yep. guarantee you that. Hell, I don't even know if he expected him to be doing that well. <laughs> I mean, obviously all these athletes have confidence in themselves, so maybe he did, but I don't know. Yeah. And um, yeah, dude. But I'll tell you, if he, if he can sustain it, and he can stay playing the way he's playing now, man, I that's really th- part of the future, right there. Hey, I, I, I really I, I can be here when we get good again. I really think that's a piece to keep around, and really, I think would help speed up the rebuild because, I mean, I know you and I, the dog days of you know, twenty nineteen and last year when 
we have to find stuff to talk about because this team just doesn't fucking win any games. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm in all the. Uh, I know you're big on like Orioles Twitter. I'm. Uh, I read up on that, but I'm big in all these Orioles Facebook groups. So, a lot of people don't have a fucking clue what's going on down on the farm, man. This um, is true. We have a lot of things to be excited about, but people they watch the big league level and they've seen guys like, you know, Real Ruiz out there like, <laughs> like sucking away. Pedro Severino, um, God, fastball so after bad. fastball, shit like that. Um, Andrew fucking Velasquez last year. You know, just like bums like that. And they, it, it feels like a lot of people don't understand that the idea behind this rebuild is we have some fucking talent down there on the way, man. Like, people think that the plan that Elias has in place is that these all these guys on the big league roster are just going to practice hard. And then suddenly get better. They think that's what Elias hopes. No, dude, like that is not what the fuck is going on. They're fucking placeholders, a lot of them, and good bit of them. They're yeah. they're there until some of these guys arrive. Now, there's some guys obviously that you're hoping are going to be sticking around a little bit longer. Like um, obviously we mentioned Mullins, Mount Castle, fucking tearing it up. Hayes is coming on a little bit. He really is, um, man. You know, as far as guys at the big league level, so there's some things to get excited about. I don't get too caught up in the wins and losses right now. Um, you want to see those guys do well. That's the most important thing to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, really, that's where we're at. But obviously, following the farm very closely, I see what's going on down in Bowie. I see what's going on in Delmarva. You know, Norfolk, not so much because they're more, you know, they're typically more spare parts, minor league mm-hmm. journeyman free agents that they, they've always just kind of stored there as depth. But you got a guy like Jemai Jones down there tearing it up. Oh, we're gonna um, we're gonna get to Jemai Jones. Yeah, we'll don't get you into worry. That. I know you've got I know you've got some uh, <laughs> some nice I takes have, on I have some on Jemai Jones for, for, for have, a little bit later in the episode. I have some but, things uh, to say. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, that, that guy's close to like nine hundred plus OPS right now. Um, oh, he's not close. It is over nine hundred. Yeah, I was saying nine hundred plus. So, oh, okay, gotcha. Honestly, dude, you and me both agree on this. A lot of people place way too much of a fucking emphasis on defense. Like, I'm not going to say defense doesn't matter, but like, it's a fucking tiebreaker. Let's let's people. Let's save. Orioles fans have always. Let's save yeah. the defense rant fans, when we get to when we get to Jemai. You'll you'll have your down, your time in the sun for that. Don't you worry. Okay. Um, and speaking of, speaking of guys who were shitty defensive players that I still want on my team. Let's talk Ryan Mountcastle. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, it's a great segue. Man, I Yeah, I mean like you were saying, man, I'm I'm all over Twitter and stuff. It's my it's my domain for sports talk. I'm uh, known for my bad takes and that's fine. Um Yeah, man. Like coming into this season, there was a lot of like and it might have just been a meme, might have just been you know, optimism, but there was a lot of, you know, Ryan Mountcastle, future AL Rookie of the Year, and man, we're in July right now. There's a pretty goddamn good chance he actually does win that award. Um, and it, it, especially after that slow start, um, you know, it was people were getting discouraged with him in May. He starts out hitting horribly for the first month. I mean, there was a little bit of bad luck into it. He was at some points absolutely pissing on the ball and hitting it right at guys, but. I mean, he was posting like a 500-some OPS for through the first month. 
and play an absolute like embarrassing defense in the outfield. Miss playing ball after ball. Well, out of a noodle for an arm. You see the problem. Well, I, if the problem with that is he's not a fucking outfielder, and yes, trying to yes. strong arm him into being an outfielder, it's not his fault that he's not good at it because dude, you should know dude, it, it was, that he's not good at yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my god, the, one of the one of the most ridiculous ones I saw where that was like, uh, okay, he's not a fucking outfielder moment. Um, so obviously I was down in Florida at the Tampa series. And he's playing left field, and he's coming in on a ball, and it bounces right in front of him, and it goes over his head. <laughs> All right, you know what? While I'm not going to disagree with you that he's a terrible left fielder, love you, Ryan, but you suck at it. Um, look, man, when you're playing on a turf that's made of fucking ground-up tires, it's that shit's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So let's see here. Uh, Ryan Malcastle currently, he's played 80 games. Uh, he's got 320 plate appearances. Man's got 14 home runs, which pretty damn good pace. It's currently about a 30 home run pace for the season. Um, batting 257, which is fantastic because, like we were just saying, man, in April he was hitting, I want to say, around 200. I mean, just, just hanging on to the Mendoza line with a couple fingers, man. Um, slugging 453, which is just pretty damn good. Um, Hell yeah. And sorry about this, oh, this on base percentage because, um, you know, this guy never walks, but his on base percentage is, is up to 301. He uh, he recently had a stretch where he, he walked 10 times in 10 games, which is just unheard of. Uh, kid's a free swinger, and I don't have a problem with that either because we've talked about this many a time. Uh, so many pitchers think that. You, you're not going to rip at the first pitch, and they'll throw you a get-me-over fastball. And, look, if you want to jump on that thing, I got no problems with it. If you hit it hard and hit it right at somebody, I got no problem with that, man. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Obviously, it's great to have guys with higher on-base percentage. True. I can deal with a guy or two like Ryan Mountcastle. If he's going to do damage in my lineup, it's going to be a little bit more of a free swinger. I mean, you had... Adam Jones made a career out of free swing in Baltimore. So I don't want everyone in my lineup with low 300 OBPs, but if you're the guy that's actually doing damage and you can get that slugging percentage up, get that OPS, you know, at least somewhere around 800 plus. Yeah, I'll, I'll live a little bit with your lack of walks. Um, it'd be nice if you drew a little bit more, but that's the guy who's doing damage. That's the guy who I want in my lineup, period, at the end of the day. So, and. As this team now gets tell me better. what you were saying about his fan grass <laughs> defensive grade. Oh, what you mean his 30? On, on uh, the 20 to 80 scale? On the 80-20 yeah, scale? I don't know why scale? they do a 20 to 80, but that's, that's kind of how they do it. 30? Yeah. Like, yeah, his defense sucks, but he's doing damage to the plate. And my take, and I think we, we've discussed this before, at the major league level, I mean, especially now that he's playing first base, at first base, I mean – even the bad defensive players are going to make the majority of the plays. So he might look bad compared to other, you know, MLB players, especially in the outfield. But at first base, he's fine. First base, that's not a problem. Like, he's going to catch the throws that are thrown to him at first base. Yeah, he might not come up with a scoop now and then. Yeah, he might not make many web gems diving one way or another. He still might. You never know. But he's fine. Like, put him there. Let him swing the bat. Um, let's see those stats keep going up. That's what matters to me. 
I agree with you 100%, man. Um, I mean, there's just not much else to say about the kid. He's He is one of the bright spots of this very, very bad team right now. Um, he's fun to watch. He's a know? reason to tune in. Orioles need a reason to tune in right now to the big club. Um, I mean, you and I are both uh, tuned in pretty closely to the minors. That's what I'm getting mostly excited about. But Mountcastle, if someone's going to ask me, why should I watch the Orioles game tonight? Basically, the two answers I'm going to have are Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastle. And, I mean, up until very recently, too, I would say the third reason right there would have been if it happens to be on a certain fifth day, it's John Means, man. Yeah. Um, this guy was a forgotten prospect. He never cracked the O's top 30. Um, he just came out of nowhere. And it's an incredible success story for a guy that was very close to giving up on his baseball career. He had an active LinkedIn page, and shortly afterwards he got called up to make his Major League debut. And... I just think it's insane that a guy that went so unnoticed in the Major League draft um, could come in and do what he did. I mean, he he never got hit around at all this year. And to be the guy that comes in after we haven't had a, a no-hitter no since Jim Palmer in 1969. Not in our lifetimes. No. Not even fucking close, man. Uh, and I don't, I don't count those the combined no-hitter in the early 90s because the combined no-hitter just doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know about you, but it just doesn't mean anything to me yeah, at all. Yeah, it's not quite the same. Yeah. So, it's just it's just insane to me. I, I remember that day really clearly. Uh, I was at work, and I always love the, the afternoon games during the week because I just pop my earbuds in and put the radio broadcast on and listen to it and it makes time go work go by so much faster and even if they suck you know I'm just I'm listening to baseball and it's it's fine it's good and I really got to give Jeff Arnold a lot of props on the radio call of that game because for someone who can't see it you know I think it's really underrated the the value of a good audio broadcaster to make you feel like you're there and you make you feel like you're actually watching it and the way Jeff it's Arnold talent, was, man. not everyone can do it right the way he was calling this game, without seeing a single pitch, I, I, I just knew that he really had his A stuff. Um, and, you know, I work about 45 minutes to 50 minutes from home, so I just continued listening in the car, and it was about the seventh inning. Uh, I'd about say about the seventh inning when I got home. Yeah, ran inside, threw the TV on, just turned up the audio so I could take a shower and still listen to it. And, you know, Vallega hit a home run, which who gives a fuck about that? Uh, <laughs> Mancini hit a home run. So it, the win was never in doubt, but nobody really cared about that. It was all about if if John Means was going to do the thing. And I finished showering, I got dressed, and uh, it was the bottom of the eighth inning. And I ran downstairs and threw the big TV on. And my my roommates were like commenting on what was on the TV before I switched the channel and I switched it really quick and they like they were like oh okay switch it up and I was like 
I don't know if you've ever had to try to describe baseball things to people that don't know baseball, but trying to describe that I need to watch this because John Means is going to throw it, just trying to throw a no-hitter without actually saying the word no-hitter because, you know, superstitions. <laughs> Can't jinx it. That's wasn't right. difficult. And <laughs> I was just stammering, and I was like, I got to watch this because John Means is he's going to do a thing that never happens. And it's really rare. I can't talk about it, and I just probably sounded like a, such a fucking. I moron. was joking my way around it, having fun with it on Facebook without mentioning the no hitter. I, I posted something around the seventh inning, like, "Oh, why is John Means sitting alone on the bench right now? He must not have any friends on the team." <laughs> people were like, "People were like, oh, well, you, you're going to Jason. You're going to Jason." I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm just talking about his social status on the team, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." Yeah, that's <laughs> so why I was having fun with it. Just that, commenting man. on the fact that it seems like nobody likes him. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what the hell else you're talking about. That's. <laughs> yeah, but. So when he. You know what the. Sorry, go ahead. All right. So when he throws. You know, he gets the first two guys out, and, you know, they say that last out is the hardest. And he throws that pitch to J.P. Crawford. And you know how it is when you're watching a game on TV where, you know, the ball's hit, and then there's that, that second. It might not even be a second before the camera switches to the the one oh, that's showing dude. the whole diamond. And when <laughs> that ball bat, came off the bat, like in the left I know. I, I gasped. I went, <gasps> and then they just, you know, they switched. They cut to Arias catching the ball, and I, I couldn't believe it, man. I, for a team that's given us nothing to be happy about in, fuck, what is it? It's 2021. You got to cherish moments like that in times like these, man. Yeah, it's been seven years. I mean, I, I'm going back to 2014 when they won the division, but, man, oh, seven man. years. I would kill to get back to that. So would I. And we will, I think. I think we're on our, we're on our way down the farm. But Yeah, and, you know, when we sign Carlos Correa, that'll help as well. That's it, yeah. So, you know, I wanted to recap the season, but, I mean, we kind of just have. Um, there ain't much to talk about. You know, there's a really shitty... 14 game losing streak mixed in there which was just so hard to watch because it's just something like a 20 game road losing streak in there too right yeah that the diamondbacks suddenly or suddenly suddenly somehow yeah and we still aren't even holding the first pick yeah <laughs> so it's we don't pretty, even have that going for it it's, it's pretty incredible actually um so let's move on let's move away from the big club for a second because you know, you and I were big Elias believers. Um, we both loved the move when he was hired, and I think we both firmly believe that he's the right man to lead the team forward and to get us back to the level the team was playing in 2014 and beyond, you know, beyond that, to, to win a World Series championship and do it the right way um, without spending big on crazy free agents, you know, using the Dodgers and the Yankees method. But... Where was I going with this? Yeah, I mean, that's the way we got to rebuild. We don't have the resources those guys do. And uh, when this rebuild started, I consider the start of the rebuild to be when, I mean, it technically started in, like, July of 18. We still had Duquette, and we had the Manny trade. We had the Scope trade. We had the Gosman trade that year, I believe. Um, yeah, that's when it really started. But once... I mean, once Elias took over, man, um, that farm just really started complete fucking 180. I mean, we were dead last 
2018 was felt like the absolute most hopeless point because not only did, were we a 46-win team in the MLB, we couldn't even use the, the excuse of rebuilding. We were actually trying to win that year. We won 46 it's games. Insane. And our farm system was dead fucking last in Major League Baseball. Was it so, actually dead last? I knew it was, like, really low, but I didn't know it was actually it was, dead last. It was, if not, it might have been 29th, okay? I mean... We can Fair fact enough. check that all we want, but it was in the tw- it was like twenty nine or third. I'm pretty sure we were actually dead last. But uh, man, as soon as you took over the uh, the 2019 season was actually a lot of fucking fun. I mean, I had season tickets to the Bay Sox. I went to a lot of Frederick Keys games. Which, speaking of which, not going to spend too much time on this. But that's kind of sad that we lost affiliation with the Keys because I really enjoyed that experience there. I mean. Yeah, F's in really the chat for Frederick. experience. You get a good chance to, you know, talk to the players when they come out of the clubhouse. I got to meet Manny and talk to him a bit many years ago when he came through there. Uh, became friends with a couple bullpen pitchers on the Keys a couple years ago. Both of them are in Double A right now. Luis Perez, Diaz, Almengo, guys like that. Yeah, I mean, it sucks losing the Keys, man. Um, but. I had a lot of fun going to those games. I had a lot of fun watching Bowie. They went to the championship in 2019 through a stacked pitching staff. Um, ended up losing, but we led four different levels in ERA that year. Double um, mm-hmm. A, uh, not high. Double A, low A, short season A, and the Gulf Coast League all led their levels in ERA. That's pretty fucking impressive. That's like year one of Elias down on the farm so that's what i'm thinking okay you know we got a little bit of something to look forward to so fast forward a little bit 2020 minor league season gets canceled due to covid that's a huge blow to you know the timing of everything but we got to deal with it so we come into 2021 with our first minor league season in a couple years and man they started out fucking hot off the bat pretty much all of them except for norfolk i mean Bowie was like 21 and th- five through 26 games they've cooled down a little bit i mean that's what's gonna happen still in first yeah i mean it's it's impossible to sustain that level of play in baseball there's, there's gonna be ebbs and flows of course uh they're still in first place at least as of a day or two ago they were leading double a and run scored so that's exciting. You got Adley Rushman killing it down there. And then one of the bigger surprises for Bowie, I mean, there's a lot of guys we can talk about. We have other episodes. So I'm going to save some of them. But the two that obviously we'll hit on right now for the Bay Sox, uh, Adley, that everyone wants to hear about. Of course. I mean, he's killing it with a 900-plus OPS. And then Patrick Dorian, who we got for Jeffrey fucking Ramirez. Who is no longer in the organization we sent him to, by the way. Yeah. I don't even know if he's playing for anyone at all right now. I uh, he's, look that up, he's in the Dodgers system. Okay. I mean, <laughs> nothing against Jeffrey Ramirez, but he's just not good. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's a wonderful but Dorian, guy. Dorian, man. I mean, I know you saw he had some uh, defensive miscues, I guess, the game you went to. I haven't seen you know, too much to complain about, but I've only been to a couple games defensively. Oh. But his, bat, his bat's been uh, – crazy excited. He's actually got a higher OPS than Adley right now. Um, I wouldn't even say that they were miscues. It's just, it was more of a more mental lapses, man. He 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 fielded a couple ground balls and just he just took his time. Um, right. 
He took a little too t- casual. Very, very too casual. You know, double clutching on the mitt. You know, taking a couple steps. And these were these were slow hit ground balls, and it's just it was just confusing to watch because he, there was just no sense of urgency. Um, but right. yeah, it, it, he's a double A player, man. That shit's gonna happen, and that's okay. That's what it's there for. It's there for them yeah, to work I out mean, those kind of things, and I'm I'm sure he got reamed out for those runners reaching because it's just you just can't have that happen. You know, it's understandable yeah. if it's a tough play, but when when it's a slowly hit ball that's chopped up, you got to charge it, you got to get on it, and you got to get it over to first. And he just didn't. But yeah, it, it, his bat more than makes up for any any of those defensive miscues. The guy's just absolutely rocking the shit out of the ball right now. I mean, posted a 9.22 OPS. He's got 10 bombs. He's second on the team. Um, yeah, so he's actually leading the team in OPS right now, uh, just ahead of Adley. So he's got the highest OPS on the highest scoring team in Double A. So that's kind of exciting. That's not a guy who really shows up on anyone's radar. He's not even in our top 30 prospects. So that's why we like to follow her MLB pipeline, that is. So that's kind of why we like to follow everybody, man. I mean, we talked about John Means. He was never in the top 30 either. Neither He's was. Got, there's guys that emerged. They're diamonds in the rough, man. Neither I was. Mean, Trey uh, Mancini was a top yeah. 30 guy, but he was never a top 100 prospect or anything. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, no, I was going to say Trey. You just beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Not a top 100 guy. So, yeah. The scouts don't always get it right, man. So that's why I like to see who's out there producing. Some of the highly rated guys not necessarily hitting the best either. So, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they don't always hit the best, and they don't always pan out. That's usually a good telltale sign. Um, which, on that note, I mean, speaking of which, we'll talk using the Diaz here a bit. We'll switch over to the Norfolk Tides. Been a little bit of a disappointment, honestly, man. I know he came back from rehab, and he was hitting all right for Norfolk. But I don't know, man. He's a guy, obviously, when we made that Manny trade. He was the headliner of it. He was a top 100 guy. He looked like he was doing numbers in Norfolk right now, just really not cutting it. Um, I mean, he's got fucking 553 OPS. I mean, that's uh, that kind of hurts to see. Yeah, it does. So I don't know. I hope he can turn around. He's been injury prone like his whole time in Baltimore too. That's another major issue with him and we've got crowded outfield um so who knows man i don't know i'd like to see him get it going i'd like to see him get a shot in the big leagues i would hate for him to you know move on from the organization without ever getting that bat in baltimore he needs to at least get a shot okay he needs to at least get a shot i want to see them evaluate him but it is a little discouraging to see how he's doing um, down in AAA right now. So hopefully he can get it going, but we'll see. I don't know. What do you think, man? Yeah, I'm. I don't have a whole lot to add. It's it's really disappointing, man. I I was really high on him. I was really excited when they made that deal after looking into his background and the pedigree that he came from. Um, I believe he's a he's a Cuban. He's a Cuban defector, right? Signed for the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, those guys, those guys. And he was in the Dodgers the organization, and those guys know how to, <laughs> they know how to scout, man. They sure do. Um, international signings, what a fucking concept, huh? Um, yeah, yeah. Another <laughs> thing that Duquette's dumbass refused to do. I don't know what the hell, like, I don't know what the hell the logic is behind that, but whatever. I you mean, know what? You know what? You know what? Tweet's been doing the rounds lately is the one where he was on 
MLB Network, and he, he, he basically told them that he just didn't bother preparing any sort of offer to Shohei Otani because he just didn't believe in it. That's been a that's been a fun one to see every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. But anyway, exactly. Diaz. Um, yeah, man. I want to say it's got to be the injuries that have just been keeping him down because he's kind of like he's kind of like our minor league Austin Hayes. He'll get rolling, he'll get hurt, and then the the, the process starts anew. Yeah, and it's just so hard to evaluate him at this point, but. If he can show any kind of sustained health, I really think he needs to see the field at Camden this year for no other reason than just to see what you've got there. He's not getting any younger. You need to figure out if you can't plan on him for the future because up until very recently, I think everyone was. You know, I think we all Plus, thought... I think we got an idea of what we've got in D.J. Stewart at the big league level right now. Like, meh. What, what do we have so, in D.J. Stewart at the big league level? Because I haven't seen it yet. It's not. It hasn't been. <laughs> it hasn't been very exciting. That slip in Cleveland has been just a microcosm of his entire fucking baseball career. I. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done with him, man. I'd rather see one-legged Yusniel Diaz and DJ Stewart right now. Like, look, I'm not. You. Yeah, I'm not here saying Diaz is going to come up and he's going to pan out to be an all-star. <laughs> There's a very good chance that he might not, seeing as how things are going on AAA right now, but. He needs to. He needs to at least get a shot. If he's going to be the the key guy in the Machado trade, I know Elias didn't make the trade, but I mean, I don't give a fuck. God, he's going to be the key guy in the biggest trade that we've made probably in our lifetime. Yeah, can't think of a bigger one. Um, He needs to at least. I mean, Kramer's been disappointing. Bannon, you know, he was good in Bowie last year. He started out a little bit slow uh, this year. Then he got hurt, and he just got off of rehab. I think he went one for four with a double in his first game last night. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm a big Bannon guy. Yes, you are. Um, but we'll see. I'm a little disappointed in his start, too. But, you know, as far as another guy on uh, Norfolk, I mean, we can we, we can get into Jemai Jones after we go through Aberdeen. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Aberdeen, uh, I mean, the two guys to go through right now, I would say Gunnar Henderson. I mean, he started out absolutely hitting the piss out of the ball for Delmarva. He's come up to Aberdeen. It's a bit of an adjustment for him. Um, but he did hit his first bomb last night. He's only had 40 at-bats or so, and he's hitting 143. But he's been walking a lot. He's still got a... 859 OPS combined between two levels this year, 360 OBP. I mean, I'm still feeling good about it, man. He, The kid's 20 years old, um, still getting his feet wet in Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, and he's he's cracked the top 100 on MLB Pipeline, too. So uh, the scouts are liking him, too. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see where things go with him. But obviously, you got to like Gunner. He's playing shortstop right now. They kind of said when they drafted him that he might be projecting to be a third baseman um, due to his height, size. And the fact that um, we're signing Carlos Correa. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm excited about Gunner. Hopefully he can get it going a little bit here in Aberdeen. He hasn't been there for very long, so it's not anything to panic about. Um, overall stats on the year are pretty good. And um, The other one – sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say with Gunner um, – 
you know, not hitting the ball is, is, is not great in the way he started, I believe, over what, over his first 19, something like that. But the dude was walking that entire time, you know, multiple walks a game. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he still had like a 340 on pace percentage, which is absurd. Over. Which is absurd. Yeah, like that's actually like a solid on base, for, like not like really good, but solid for 0 for 19. It's really fucking good. And if you're 20 years old and you're still getting managing to get on base that much when you're struggling that much at the plate, I, I think you're going to be just just fine. Oh, especially you figure he's got to be pressing, but no, I mean. Obviously, he wasn't. He was still having good at bats. He was still drawing walks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be fine, man. So, I think you may be forgetting somebody in Aberdeen as well. Who, who am I forgetting? I think you're forgetting about a tank of a man that went undrafted this past season. A guy by the name of JD Mundy. JD fucking Mundy, man, dude, that guy. I mean, obviously, last year's draft a little bit different than most years due to the fact that there was only five rounds. Yeah, of course. Um, so undrafted guys, they got bigger signing bonuses. It didn't really mean the same thing as going undrafted in a forty-round draft, but nonetheless, uh, thirty teams passed on him five or six times. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, he honestly has been our best, regardless of level. Really, been our best overall hitter down on the farm this year. Yeah. Um, OPS right around 950. He's hitting bombs. Uh, not really, you know, hasn't really been showing up on anyone's radar till lately. Uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on. I mean, the only thing that kind of sucks about it is he's just the big tank. He's a first base type. We always tend to have a lot of guys like that. Mm-hmm. But if he can hit his way through that, you know, level to level, keep tearing it up. You find a guy, you find a way to get the best bats in the lineup, man. So. I'm excited about him. Excited to see how he progresses. And, um, I haven't actually watched JD Monday play, but if you could run DJ Stewart into left field every day or however often he's playing, you can put JD Monday in left field. That's a good point, man. <laughs> that's a really good point. So, uh, I mean, and okay, all right. So that's going to bring us to our next point. The Orioles, you know, they're going to talk like they make a huge deal about defense when they got, they're got running DJ Stewart out there. Why are they keeping Jemai Jones down in the minors with a 900-plus OPS? Well, tell me about that. Well, Brad, if I had an answer for you, I'd fucking tell you. But I don't. <laughs> um, okay. This, this has been driving me absolutely nuts, man. Uh, Jemai Jones is the number 16 prospect in the Orioles system compar- according to... Uh, MLB pipeline. He's his service clock has already begun. He made his debut in 2019, I believe, with the Angels. Did we get him in the Iglesias trade? No, he was Alex Cobb, one for one. Alex Cobb trade. Sorry about that. Okay, one for one, and the Orioles went for him specifically, which is why they were so, uh, which was why they were okay with eating so much of Cobb's remaining contract because they really wanted to get Jamal Jones, and. Yeah, I, I'm really, I really have nothing to say, man. I, I don't know. I, he's he's crushing AAA pitching, almost to the level that Ryan Mountcastle was before he got he got called up, and um, yeah, they didn't keep him down because of his defense, and that was on an even worse team last year in a shortened season where it didn't really make sense to call him up. I was happy about it, but it didn't really make sense to call up Mountcastle last year. From a service clock standpoint, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so. It's clear that they're not that crazy about manipulating service clock time. Um, it, it's, 
again, very pro Elias. I love what he does. I think he's the right man to lead us forward, and I think. But that doesn't mean we gotta agree with every single thing he does. No, we don't. And this has become my first main gripe with the guy is, uh, what does what does Jemai Jones have to do? He's crushing the ball. He's my first main gripe was uh, was his love of rear wheeze. But anyways, go on. <laughs> well, I'm I'm thinking that Mike finally reacquired the lewd photos that Rio had of him because that's the only reason I could think that he was that's keeping him around. Be it, yep. <laughs> once he got that flash drive right there, though. Once he Fan got that right there. Once he got that flash drive back, he kicked his ass to the curb. Thanks, dude. Colin. They sent it. They sent it to the miners, but it wasn't performance based. No, absolutely, certainly not. That was, that was a classic fucking tweet right there. <laughs> yep. So, I, getting back to Jemai, man, I just, I don't know. He's, they keep saying it's because of his defense. His defense is defense is defense. Well, why can't he do that at the major league level? Yeah, you can develop at the major league fucking level, dude. That's what drives me crazy. Like, development does not stop when you make it to the bigs. So... <laughs> No, it yeah, doesn't. That, that, I mean, I'm 100% with you on that one, man. So, which is going to bring right. me to the next thing that I wanted to talk about, um, which is our dear friend at Masson, uh, Mr. Rock Kabako. Our guy. Um, listen. He's got some nice biceps, man. He's got some nice biceps. Rock is a fucking tank, man. He is, he is jacked <laughs> to the max. But last Sunday, two Sundays ago, he, he had... Uh, a little bit of a stick up his ass, and um, you know, a few people on Twitter, myself included, uh, we 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 asked Rock very nicely why Freddie Galvis's injury would not signal the beginning of the Jemai Jones era in Baltimore, and he replied very snarkily to a is snarkily a word snarky snarkily. Uh- you know, I'm not sure that it is, but at the same time, like, I knew what you meant, you know? Okay, cool. We're rolling with it. Snarkily. <laughs> Snarky, I guess, is what you're going for. Yeah. He, <laughs> you know, he, he just was very condescending, and he called us all, he called us all armchair GMs, and, you know, he said we didn't know what we were talking about, which is, it's fine, I guess, but then the next day. I mean, day, it, it, it the fan. Uh, I'm sure he deals with a lot of people that that accurately fits their description, but go on. This is true. In this scenario, though, I did not see anything that would warrant the kind of response that he gave us. So, the next day, you know, they call it Domingo Leyva. They get get their shit pushed in by the Blue Jays again for, I believe, the third time that weekend. Um, And so, the next day, I see he writes an article about the wait for Jemai Jones continues. And so I read his article and you know what, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna pull it up. We're gonna read some excerpts from it because oh, it, here is, we go. it is a doozy, my friends. Um, yep. let's see here. We're gonna have a little bit of dead air here for the minute, but I will find Shout it. Shout out to our guy Rock right here. Gonna show him a little love. Yeah, I do love Rock. Check out his check out his blog on Master Sports. Yep. He he does a very good job uh, at what he does. He's a very good um, he's a very good beat writer. 
But um, uh, but like Mike Elias, we don't have to agree with everything he does. This is <laughs> you're very right. Um, let's see here. So <laughs> I just can't get over he he actually felt the need to quote like five of us in this article. And you know, I'm kind of offended he didn't give us credit, man. He couldn't put our ats in there. He couldn't you know, if you're going to quote us, quote us. That's all I'm saying. Show my men a little love. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to shit on us, at least, you know, tell the people who you're shitting on. Um so he Let's see here. He's still rough around the edges defensively, of course, which I find very hard to believe for a guy that used to be a team's number one overall prospect and a guy that's currently playing AAA in, uh, you know, in professional baseball. But I dig And that. whatever, even if he's rough around the edges, I'm sure he's fucking good enough. Yeah. You lose a lot of your your ground to stand on when you, when you play the defense card when he's currently being blocked by Pat Vileka. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, Rock, you won't hear this, but let's be a little more professional from now on, buddy. And if you're going to quote us, put our usernames in there. Make us Bring us to your level of fame there, buddy. <sighs> but, yeah. So you have anything else to add, man? Anything else you want to... Um, you want to talk about with this, you know, this top five minor league system that we've got going on here? Man, there's so much to cover as far as the minor league system goes. I kind of feel like in the interest of time, I think we'll go week to week, cover a couple guys like uh, every week. So, I mean, for now, I think uh, I think I'm good with uh, for today and we'll cover some more guys next week. Yeah, it's a real shame we couldn't uh, we couldn't provide some live score updates tonight with this you know this tropical storm that's moving up the coast here it's it's rained out yeah I, one of them is actually playing uh aberdeen's the only one that didn't get rained out the rest of them did they are they just lost one to nothing actually aberdeen so did? yep aberdeen lost one to nothing oh, that's a damn shame and it looks like connor gillespie pitched uh he threw like five scoreless innings so he did well but he's not having that great of a year ninth round pick in 2019 um yeah so i don't know not not a whole lot to report from that uh unfortunately our guy monday took a, a goose egg tonight gunner went one for four adam hall he's been a disappointment this year too um he took a 0 for three Jordan Westberg, he had one hit. So, I mean, not a lot of offense going on tonight. Well, when you lose one nothing, you can't really expect a spark yeah, on offensive exactly. numbers. I'm not, yeah, you're not going to go down the line and uh, see a lot of multi-hit games on there. <laughs> so, no. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a big shame. Yep. But, yeah, I'm actually seeing video right now courtesy of uh, The Verge, an Orioles minor league baseball podcast. Those guys are great. Um I'm sure most of you probably know uh, they're a great podcast. They're kind of doing the similar thing to what we're doing, but they they only focus on the minor leagues. Uh, they're constantly posting 
uh, highlight clips from anything that's going on in the in the system. You know, they just posted a clip of Gunner's double, which is a great. Have you seen it yet? I actually have not. No. Uh, two strikes, and he just he cranked a double into the gap, man. Um, and then hustled Love it out. To see it. Hustled it out for a second. He's he looks like he's finding his stroke, which is really good to see. But yeah, uh, the Verge. And Orioles minor league baseball podcast. Everyone should give them a follow. They are uh, they're great at what they do. Um, yeah, I'm just seeing that now. So I think we can probably kind of start wrapping this up here. Um, what do you see us doing uh, in the next week, man? Uh, I would love to you know try to sit down with you again and record next Thursday. And I think we can probably talk about the draft a little bit. Yeah, um, we're going to be pretty lacking on uh, on major league content with uh with the you know the all-star break coming up here so next week we're not going to be able to see we can talk we can probably talk about the uh we can talk about trey mancini the home run derby cedric Mm -hmm. mullins all-star game performance if there's anything noteworthy and then uh yeah aside from that probably a lot of uh draft talk probably a lot of minor league talk and we'll cover some more of these prospects we've got a lot to talk about at Bowie. We got a couple other guys we got to talk about at Norfolk. We got some other guys to talk about at Aberdeen and Delmarva. So there's plenty of uh, plenty of things to go around, man. We should also talk about, um, and we can, you know, we'll do it next week to to compress a little bit of data. But flying a little under the radar, I'm not sure why, but uh, you know, their their draft pick from from two years ago, Kobe Mayo. He's uh He's looking pretty damn good down in the Florida Coast League, or what are they? Are they calling it the Florida Coast League now? What the is, Gulf Coast League. Yeah, they changed. They changed it though. It's not the Gulf Coast League anymore. Oh, okay. They changed it this year. I thought they still called it that. All right, never mind. No, they. Yeah, ch- and then I got another thing I didn't. You know, I didn't mention at the beginning. I actually uh, just moved back up from Florida. I was down there for about a year, so that's like the one disappointing thing. I was looking forward to. Uh, going over and uh, a Florida complex league it looks like Yeah, I was looking forward to going over and uh, checking out the FCL Orioles looks like they got two teams in that league this year Orioles black and Orioles orange but um, you know just kind of had a better opportunity so I came back up here but yeah we'll follow that a little bit so you got numbers on Kobe Mayo in front of you right now um I don't but you know what if you give me one second I can I can pull up some Kobe Mayo numbers. You know, I got him right now. It looks like he's off to a 7 for 15 star. It's not a whole lot of that bats, but, yeah. So far, early returns on him. Uh, the high school pick uh, in round four last year. 103rd overall. Florida boy. Yeah, he's got a one. His OPS is over 1,000. Small sample size, but he's done that without any dingers yet. So, yeah, he's, he's uh, hitting the ball well so far. It's good. We love to see that. I know it's it's hard to say with with such a low league, but you know what you want to see when these guys are playing there. The ones that you think might pop are you want to see dominance like this. And yeah, it's only fifteen at bats, but he's batting four sixty seven. And you want to see that uh, these top prospects shouldn't struggle at these low ages and ages uh, low levels. And man, I'd love to see Kobe Mayo really rip through this system because. I think he's another guy that could really, really provide some value to this team. And if it's what do you think? See him in, see him in Del Marva by the end of the year? Yeah, I don't see why not, man. 
uh, they've been pretty they've been pretty aggressive in promoting these guys. Uh, you know, Grayson Rodriguez only made what, five starts in high A before they moved into double A. So yeah, I mean that's good, especially after the missed minor league season last year. I feel like it's necessary to be a little bit more aggressive. You don't want to that's good you know I think it's pretty crazy that we briefly talked about Adley but we somehow managed to not mention the number one overall pitching prospect in baseball Grayson Rodriguez until just now yeah I mean the dude's been absolutely killing it man Um, that jump up to double A He's just kind of kept it going. I've had a chance to watch him pitch twice, and he's looked great both times. I mean, one time against the Rubber Ducks, he he gave up two runs in five innings. You know, one ball was absolutely fine. It was an inside the parker that Johnny Riser arguably could have caught. Kind of misplayed it, went off the wall, and then oh, what took the, a crazy back. Um, what the fuck, Johnny? But the rest, I mean, nobody else nobody else touched him aside from that. Just waving and waving and waving. And then I went again. And five innings of one hit ball. And uh, we won 10 nothing that night. So not a whole lot of offense going for uh, New Hampshire that night. So that's that's good to see. And the other the other thing that I took note of watching uh, Gray Rod pitch, him and Adley just say they have a chemistry, man. Like you don't see it a lot in the pros. Like at the end of innings, Adley's running out, meeting him in between mat, like you know, in between the mound before he gets back to the dugout, high five, and they're getting fired up. It was really cool to see, uh, you know, in the Akron game, full count, one out, runner on first, takes off, Ray Rod strikes him out, Adley throws him out. They both get fired up. They meet in the middle. They're, you know, giving each other dab. That's what you fucking love to see. That's the kind of thing that gets you excited about the future in Baltimore, man. So. If people, uh, you know, people need something to get excited about, I highly suggest go on out, check out the Bay Sox. A lot of good things going on there. Yeah, the Bay Sox are really the hottest ticket in town right now. Uh, you know, there's not much to watch with the O's, and you know, when you can get to a Bay Sox game for just a couple bucks, free parking, it's yeah. it's hard to pass up the opportunity to see a guy like guys like Adley Rutschman and and Grayson because. It's, you know, you want to watch these guys now because they're going to be tearing up Major League Baseball very soon. Can't and, wait, brother. And if you can get to see them now, that's that's the best time to do it. Um, Absolutely, man. And we should be seeing the return of D.L. Hall very soon as well. He's been a lot more active yep. on social media lately. I think I saw a post that he was in Sarasota, which to me would probably mean he's down at the facility down there throwing. Send a spring training. Yeah, yeah getting, ready to, getting ready to come back. So... It's a lot of exciting stuff, man, and I think we've done a very broad overview of it tonight. And you know, oh, we yeah, we really got a lot more it. we're going to get into a little bit more detailed, but you know, I think we kind of kind of give the people an idea of what's going on. I agree, man. Do uh, you have anything else that you want to say before we before we wrap this thing up? Man, I'm good for tonight. It was a good first episode, and uh, look forward to doing this with you, brother. I agree, man. I'm glad we finally got to. Got to get this rolling. Um, so that's going to be it for us, everybody. Um, anybody that tunes in, thank you so much for listening to our first episode. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at RyanSet094, R-Y-A-N-S-E-T, 094. 
and you can follow and Brad. I, I know your at, handle, buddy. I got you. Yeah. You yeah, can follow okay. Brad at K U Brad Wandell. W A A W A N D E L L on Twitter as well. Yes, sir. If you want to get in touch with us, and uh, I think we'll make a show account pretty soon. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Hell yeah, man! All right, take it easy, bro. You too, buddy. Bye bye.